Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Call to Comeback. I'm Bobby McInnes, alongside my co-host, Thomas Spallone. How's it going, Bob? Uh, yeah, man, I'm really excited for this uh, episode. We got a Final Four talk going on, um, coming up next weekend. We just saw a lot of great games from the, from the Sweet 16 and Elite Eight this weekend, so I'm excited to get into it. Yeah, Tom, in the Elite Eight, we saw for the first time ever a 15 seed, St. Peter's from New Jersey, making it into the Elite Eight. Uh, we witnessed history last week. It was pretty awesome. Too bad they couldn't get it done against UNC, but nonetheless, a great run uh, for that St. Peter's team led by Coach Holloway. Yeah, definitely. It was really cool to see uh, Peter's go on that run, uh, especially being a team from uh, Jersey. Uh, puts that school on the map for sure. Um, that Kentucky win was insane. They followed it up with uh, a Murray State win and then uh, obviously a Purdue win, which no one saw coming. Um, so re- really happy for them. Tough loss against UNC, but um, no one expected this, te- this team to do much. So it's really, really exciting for them. And I'm really happy about uh, Coach Holloway. Uh, he's really coached those guys up great. Yeah, and we were talking earlier, he's probably a, a shoe-in for the uh, Seton Hall uh, coaching vacancy because he actually played for Seton Hall uh, when he was a former player. And being that they're in New Jersey, I assume that it wouldn't be a, a tough transition as far as um, moving residents. I'm sure he could just keep his house wherever he resides now. And there is an, a vacancy, as mentioned, in Seton Hall because Kevin Willard took the job at UMD. So it'll be interesting to see if that job does go to Holloway, if he even decides to leave St. Peter's. Yeah, I hope he gets that job. He really deserves it. And I hope he gets a good uh, payday that comes with that because he is really the, one of the big reasons why uh, St. Peter's has made this run. And he's a really gritty coach. I think he gets the most out of his guys. So I think uh, Seton Hall would benefit a lot if they, uh, if they took this guy in. All right, so let's get right into the final four here, Tom. Coming up on April 2nd, we have Duke taking on UNC in what is probably going to be the highly, the most highly anticipated and probably most viewed basketball game this season. I mean, this rivalry goes back ages. The two two of the big blues um, in in college basketball and potentially Coach K's last game. Yes, it is. And, um, I mean, yes, it could be. And it's crazy because this is the first time these two teams have faced off in the uh, NCAA tournament, and it's Coach K's last year. So I think it's it's very fitting. And um, I think this is going to be an instant classic game. We saw Duke uh, get ran off their own court uh, at home against UNC this year. So I think it's going to be a revenge game, obviously, for them, um, which will even add to the excitement. And um, I think it's going to be a really high-scoring game, and, I, and I'm excited to, to see it. Now, do you think UNC can get it done twice in a season? They were about, I think, I want to say 11-point underdogs, perhaps 12-point underdogs, when they first played Duke at Duke, now playing at a neutral site in New Orleans. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I can definitely see UNC winning this game. They score the basketball with uh, any of the top teams in the country. That's why they've upset teams like Baylor uh, this year, and that's why they're in the Final Four. But um, I'm obviously going to lean towards Duke here. I think this is... Honestly, their run that they're on right now is pretty special. I think Boncara doesn't want to be denied right now. I think that this team has a great chance to win a national championship here. They're, they're, they're down to the last two rounds. I'm honestly leaning more towards Duke, but I definitely would not be shocked to see UNC win this game. It's, it's honestly a toss-up for me with the rivalry. Yeah, I mean, this UNC team I think is very underrated. Uh, when the bracket came out, I knew that an eight seed was – you know, way too low for them. I had them beating Marquette, and then in my bracket, I had them beating Baylor as well, knocking off the one seed. However, I did not think that they would get through UCLA 
and eventually making it to the Final Four. Um, but certainly here they are. And like I said, I think they're a brutally underrated team. Armando Beca is a big threat on the offensive end in the paint, as well as uh, a guard, Caleb Love. I mean, these two have been almost unstoppable this season. Yeah, Caleb Love, once he gets hot from three, it's re- really automatic for him. And another guy like R.J. Davis, uh, a New York kid, has really stepped up uh, in this tournament too, and he's been carrying the load as well. So they're they're definitely a scary team to watch right now. And, again, I'm very excited for this matchup because I just can't imagine the amount of points that are going to be scored in this game. Another guy that can heat up quickly on UNC is Brady Manick, a uh, transfer from, I believe, Oklahoma. Uh, yes. So we've seen him play in the tournament before, and – Certainly that tournament experience has helped him this year. Um, I remember, I believe he was at Oklahoma when Trey Young was there, Tom. Yeah, I believe he was too. He's, I think this is his fifth year. Um, he's a, a grad transfer, I'm pretty sure, from Oklahoma. And he's been going off this tournament, uh, absolutely going off. He's hitting three after three. He's taking a lot of shots, but, I mean, he's been making them and he's scoring a lot. And he's a huge reason why they ran away with that game early against uh, Peters yesterday. So, you're right, he's another key factor for their offense. I mean, we could talk about all the stars on UNC, but like you mentioned, on the other side, for Duke, you guys, you got guys like uh, Bancaro, A.J. Griffin. I mean, the, the list goes on, um, led by obviously one of the best, if not the best, college coach of all time. Yeah. Now, I'm a huge fan of uh, Paolo Bancaro. Um, it's so tough to guard his jump shot because he can really shoot over a lot of guys. And um, A.J. Griffin, another very good shooter. This Duke team, again, can score the basketball. Uh, Roach is nice, too. So, I mean, they're on a, a nice run for themselves. Uh, nice win against Arkansas la- uh, last game. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's just two scary ACC teams going at it in, uh, in the last four here. Yeah, you're right. I mean, just looking at the roster now with um – with Duke, it's like the list of stars is just never ending between Van Caro, Wendell Moore, the big Mark Williams, and Trevor Keels. And then you got Theo John coming off the bench. Um, hasn't His minutes have actually been decreasing, I've noticed, in the tournament. Um, but he's a transfer from Marquette, who's just been amazing throughout his college career. So this team definitely runs deep. And um, the only thing that worries me is they're young and – there's a lot of pressure on them, being that it could possibly be Coach K's last game. Yeah, definitely. There's a ton of pressure on these kids because they obviously don't want to be uh, the team that loses it on Coach K's last season. But um, I think they're ready for it. I think Boncaro is a great leader. I think he's he's ready for this challenge, and I think they I think they get it done. So you think that Duke beats UNC? I do. I think it's going to be a, a really good close game, but I think Duke will end up uh, victorious at the end. Yeah, I think I'm certainly going to be on uh, the Tar Heels side. Um, I'm not a big Duke guy, and I actually tend to root for UNC. I've kind of watched a lot of their games this season, um, and I know that it is tough to beat a team twice, so I certainly think that this one's going to go down to the wire. I could even see it going into overtime. I mean, just the type of game that this is, it would be so storyline for it to go uh, into overtime, and I don't know. this This is one that people definitely need to mark their calendars, clear their schedules, whatever you got going on at 849, cancel it because this is a must-watch game. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be electric. Now, the game before it should be very close as well. We got Villanova taking on Kansas, a 1 seed and a 2 seed going up together and and two teams that have been ranked the entire season. Jay Wright, Bill Self, two of the best college coaches uh, in the game right now. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Tom? Yeah, this game should definitely not be shortchanged cuz they're the other two sides of the of the blue bloods here. I mean, 
I, I'm, I've been very high in Villanova all season. Um, they're very coached up very well. Um, they play very great, great team basketball, especially on defense as well, and great with free throw shooting, as we know. Yeah, I know you're high on Villanova. I am, and I, I mean, I, I like Kansas, but I've been saying it all year for Kansas as well, especially since they got into the tournament. I mean, with their history, they're they always been getting upset, and usually around the Sweet 16 to Elite Eight uh, range, and they haven't been able to really get it done in these last uh, last ten years in terms of championships or even getting to the Final Four. I believe this is the third time they've been to the Final Four since um, since their championship in 08, um, which isn't a bad in any terms because it's tough to get to the Final Four every year. I mean, Villanova is, is one of few teams that consistently gets to the Final Four, especially, and that's a lot of credit to Jay Wright. But um, I just I th I don't think Kansas is going to get it done here. I don't know. I mean, I've been saying it all year, so I'm sticking with that. I mean, they, they definitely have the firepower and score power to, to, to pull this out with Abaji, and Remy Martin's been playing very well. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning towards Villanova in this game. Um, but a big, obviously, big thing to look at is Justin Moore's injury. I know he has that Achilles injury, so he's done for the year. So that's a starter out for Nova. That's definitely going to be a, a hit for them. But I, th I still think their team play and the coaching is going to be too much for Kansas. What do you think? You definitely bring up good points for Villanova. But what I do want to say about Kansas is if there's any skepticism or doubts uh, for this Kansas team, uh, having the ability to win it all, I think that they erased that in that game against Miami, just completely wiping them out, beating them by 26 after they were down at halftime. I mean, that second half, they just exploded coming out of the locker room. Yeah, they looked um, really good. And they just left Miami in the rearview mirror. I think that this Kansas team is dangerous. You, you make a good point. Like, it seems like they are on the verge of getting upset almost every game. They played a close one with Creighton and with Providence. Uh, but... They do have a lot of stars on this team, led by Abaji. Uh, the big David McCormick is probably one of my favorite basketball players at the time right now. And then you good. got other guys stepping up. Remy Martin um, hitting clutch threes in that game against Miami. Uh, I don't know. This, this team is definitely – they run deep as well. Um, and I don't know. If it, if it gets into a track race, a track meet, I definitely like Kansas in this one. If Villanova can somehow figure a way to slow the tempo and play more fundamental basketball, then I think this one's going down to the wire. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely going to be a great game. I'm a little a little confused on, like, the spread of the game. Vegas has it at a Kansas' four-and-a-half-point favorites. I, I I don't know. I feel like that's way too high. I feel like it should be close to, like, a an even game line-wise, but I don't know. I d yeah, I definitely see what you're saying there. Like very even matchup. Um, especially in a Final Four game. I mean, I would expect yeah. – both lines, especially the UNC Duke line, they're giving Duke or they're giving UNC four points. Yeah, that's I mean, I expect both said. of these to almost be pickums, like yeah, coin flips. Yeah, but um, exactly. yeah, I think it's just because of the explosiveness of Kansas that they that Vegas has given them the edge in this one, um, and just because their pace of play is higher. But that definitely you shouldn't count out um, Villanova. <clears throat> yeah, I think if Kansas can definitely run up and down the floor like you just said, and and they control the tempo of their game and play the way they want to play, I could definitely see Kansas coming away with this game. And it, and if it does come down to the free throws at the end, that's um, going to favor Nova because we, we've seen Kansas, like, the last few games. I, I mean, it hasn't really come into play because they beat Miami by 20 yesterday, but Remy Martin's been struggling at the line. Like, their free throw shooting hasn't been, hasn't been ideal. So, I mean, if it comes down to the free throw shooting, you're, we're obviously going to favor Nova. So it's going to depend on how this game is played tempo-wise and, and who's – game is being played on the court, I think that's going to be a big reason. So I'm excited. Both these games are going to be must-watch TV. I mean, I can't remember the last time we had all four uh, Blue Bloods in, in the Final Four. I mean, the fifth one is Kentucky. Right. Can't have them in it, obviously. But 
I just can't remember this being such a, a heavy top four with, with such well-known teams in it. No, I agree, Tom. This is <laughs> going to be almost like an historic weekend for college basketball. And speaking of history, you mentioned foul shooting. Villanova had a, a historic season at the line, one of the best of all time. Um, I believe they were the best of all time so percentage-wise. Um, you might want to fact-check me there, but the question is, you mentioned the Justin Moore injury. Who's going to step up on this Villanova team? It, does it mean that Caleb Daniels gets more minutes? Does it mean that we see guys like Archidiacno or Jordan Longino? I mean, th- these are guys who are getting, like, less than 10 minutes a game. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not very high on Archidiacno. He hasn't played a, a ton this season off the bench, uh, but when he has, he hasn't been that good. He's not nearly as good as his, his older brother is, obviously. But um, I think a, a guy we could definitely see getting more minutes, like you said, is Daniels, who can knock down threes for them. And I think a huge guy who's going to step up for them is going to be Jermaine Samuels. Uh, last game, he was the leading scorer against um, Houston, played in the Elite Eight. Yep. I think he's a guy who's, who's ready for the moment. He's great in the inside post, uh, good, good moves around the rim. I'm, I'm high on him. And then obviously a guy we know who can step up the clutch is going to be Gillespie, um, senior. He's a leader. This is his last. This could be his last game in a Villanova uniform. So he's gonna he's gonna go out there, give it his all, and um, I think those are two guys that I I lean on heavy for this for this Nova team as we enter the stretch. You're right, Tom. Jermaine Samuel is down low. My my only problem is this Villanova team is not very gifted in the height category, and you look at Kansas. David McCormick has owned people in the paint this year. Um, I think. this Villanova team is going to have to step up, take some charges, get Kansas into foul trouble early if if they want to keep this one tight. Yeah, Nova doesn't really have a a quote-unquote big that they just rely on. They have Slater and Dixon, who are pretty solid in the post, and and they shoot the three ball at a good percentage. They don't take a lot of them, but they shoot it at a good percentage, which which is, again, the discipline that they, they show as the Villanova Wildcats. That's who they are. That's who Jay Wright's team is. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I think you'll definitely see a lot of doubles in the post uh, on McCormick. Um, but they did a great job on defense against Houston. I mean, Houston is, uh, if not the number one, definitely the top three uh, offensive rebounding team in the country. And they, they struggled a little bit on the boards, but they did a great job on the, on the low post defense, and they held Houston to 44 points. So if they can do that to Kansas, they'll have no problem winning this game. But I, I definitely think it'll be a close game. Yeah, I mean – I'm just looking at this Kansas team, too, and their, um, their bigs, even looking at some of the guys who come off the bench, we saw in that last game for Kansas against Miami, Mitch Lightfoot, um, he comes off the bench, he's 6'8", he also is capable of posting people up in the paint when McCormick gets into foul trouble. Uh, Jalen Wilson is their leading rebounder, he's also 6'8", um, and you look at that Villanova team, I'm not sure if they have a player on the roster that's over 6'8". So th- that could be a, a concern for Jay Wright and this Wildcat team, but I'm sure, I'm sure they'll figure a way to uh, stop these bigs down low. Yeah, they'll. Do, I'm I'm confident Wright coming up with a good defensive game plan, um, especially against Kansas. But I'm also confident Bill Self coming up with a good game plan on, on the opposite side. So I think this is just a it's an all-time classic matchup between two great coaches, similar to the to the UNC matchup. So I mean. You could really see this going either way. Now I want to ask you this. Who do you think is the better player? Who would you rather have, Abaji or Gillespie? Who's the best player on the court in this game? And I think that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good debate. 
Yeah, it's a tough question to have. I mean, it's it's yeah, it is tough to compare just because Abaji is just a pure shooter scorer. Got a bucket at any time. Exactly, and I mean, not saying Gillespie can't do that, but Gillespie is more of a guy that I'm just gonna con- hope can control my offense and s- control the tempo of the game, and I think that's gonna be big for Nova, and he obviously does that well. But um, yeah, it's a it's a great debate to have because those are probably the two best players on the court for each respective team. So. It's going to come down to those two guys, and if Abaji's hitting his shots like he has been, I think that's going to be huge for Kansas. And Gillespie's going to have to keep hitting his free throws and, and three-point shots for, for Nova, too. And no hate on Abaji. I'm sure he's a great captain. Um, I'm not sure if it came out yet, but he's probably – I'm sure the awards came out. I'm sure he's won Big 12 Player of the Year. Abaji? Yes. And uh, if they didn't come out, he will sure certainly he win that award. Um, and, yeah, like I said, I'm sure he's a big captain on this team, but Gillespie – is on another another level when you talk when you talk about leaders and captains, yeah. right? I mean, it might be Jay Wright's favorite player of all time. At least he he should be. Um, and Gillespie, you look at a guy. I think he has a little bit of Tom Brady in him, if you will. Just mm-hmm. the fact that he doesn't look like a pure bucket getter, but he's clutch and he knows how to control the floor, control the offense. He knows how to direct his teammates. And one thing that was huge after their win um, in the Elite Eight. <clears throat> He went directly up to, uh, who was it, Justin Moore that got hurt? Mm-hmm. Uh, he went directly up to him. Instead of celebrating with the rest of his team, he went right up to Moore and stood with him because he knew how bad Moore wanted to be out there celebrating with his teams. However, the man was on crutches, and Gillespie after the game said, I've been there before. That is the worst feeling, and I wanted to make sure that I was there for my teammate. So... I don't know. There's something special about this Nova team that I think a lot of people, when they were making their brackets, had Villanova getting knocked out a lot earlier than where they are right now. And they have a chance to, you know, do something special this year. They do. And I think this is definitely the team to do it. As we said, they're the the best free throw shooting shooting team of all time. So um, that's definitely going to come into play, uh, especially as the tournament comes to an end. So. Uh, I'm I'm really excited for next weekend. I'm really I can't wait to to watch these games, honestly. Right. So I asked your opinion on the prediction for the Duke UNC game. Let's hear your prediction on this Nova Kansas game. Yeah, I'm I'm sticking to the Villanova Wildcats here. Um, again, uh, uh, I like how they control the tempo of the game. I love the coaching from Wright. I think uh, free throws are going to come into a big factor. Um, I think more going down is going to hurt them a little bit for sure. But I think a guy like we said, Daniels, could step up off the bench and start for them. And yeah, I just I think this is a special Nova team. I think I, they're my pick right now to win it all uh, with Duke uh, right behind them. So we'll see what happens. I mean, if Kansas wins, I won't be shocked. I think this is a great year that Kansas is putting together and one of the best years they've had in in the last decade, especially to get to this Final Four. Um, so I'm I'm excited, but I'm leaning towards Nova. Yeah, you know, for me, Tom, I think it's going to be a close one as well. However, I kind of favor Kansas in this one just because if it does get into a fast-paced game, I mean, Kansas is one of the best teams on the fast break, and when it does come to half-court offense, they're not bad in that category either, you know, setting up the post game and working the ball around to an open shooter. I'm, I, I, I was big on Kansas from, from the beginning. I had Kansas winning my bracket, so maybe I'm a little biased and I don't want to change my opinion, but I'm taking Kansas. Okay, I can see that. So, I mean, I judging, off, judging off our opinions, we both have totally different um, final matchups, but who do you think wins the finals? We'll just throw it out there right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning towards Nova still uh, for the reasons I mentioned, but um, a team I also I'm, I think can obviously win it is Duke because they're 
one of these two teams seems just destined to win it all this year with with it being Coach K's also f- last year, and it just would seem fitting for Duke to win and then him ride off into the sunset. So, I mean, we'll see. All right, so you got Duke winning it all? I, I mean, I actually at, have At Nova. this point, you I, have Nova? I, I, okay. I, Nova's my top pick, but Duke... But you wouldn't like be surprised with Duke. Right behind, yeah. I okay. mean, you wouldn't be surprised, obviously, with any of these teams, but... Um, Obviously, UNC would be a little bit of a shocker for anyone yeah. who, before the tournament, if you told them that. But um, I'm leaning towards Nova, but wouldn't be shocked with Duke. Hey, how about you? I'm definitely leaning towards Kansas. Uh, they're currently, I think, tied for, like, as far as Vegas odds, I'm pretty sure Duke and Kansas are very close. Um, Duke actually yeah. might be slightly favored to win it all at this point. But Kansas, like, like I said earlier, I was on them from the start of the tournament, so I'm going to stick with them. But... On the other side of the bracket, I'm definitely rooting for UNC, and if it does become a UNC-Nova matchup, I, I'm going to be on the side of North Carolina, and I think it would be really cool if an 8-seed wins it all. Yeah, if an 8-seed wins it all, that's got to be one of the lowest seeds that's won it ever, I think. I'm not sure. Is the lowest seed to win it an 8, I think? Uh, or 7 or 8? Yeah, it may have it's been. definitely let's not higher up. than an 8. So. so, yeah, I mean, that would definitely be interesting. Yeah, that would be... Something else. I mean, we, we mentioned it. This UNC team is uh, definitely underseeded. I mean, <clears throat> they obviously don't play like an eight seed, and they're in. And the ACC has just done well in the tournament the past. I mean, the past few years, and and this year they've done well again, even with Miami. So I mean, they've been battle tested throughout the year, and uh, obviously they've played Duke twice. So. So yeah, just to follow up on what we were saying, the lowest seed to ever win it was an eight. So UNC would be tied, and that eight yeah. seed was Villanova back yeah. in '85. So wow, it's yeah. definitely That's been the team that, that upset Georgetown, yeah. Yeah, almost forty years, a little less than forty years ago, that an eight seed has won it. So this would definitely be um, huge in the college basketball world. And you know, everyone, no one likes rooting for uh, Goliath. Everyone wants to root for uh, David, so yeah. in the underdog. So we'll see what happens, Tom. Um, but by the time we check in again, I guess next Friday, we still won't really have an outcome on these games. Um, as they're being played Saturday. So I wonder if maybe we switch it up and do a football show? Yeah, I'd do football or maybe like an MLB preseason or, yeah. or preview for the season, which is about to start in 10 days. Other, other ones good with me. Draft definitely. coming up as well. Yeah, a lot yeah. going on in the sports world. Uh, definitely a great and exciting time here in the spring. And, and obviously we'll keep you guys updated with our opinions. This was certainly a great episode. As always, Tom, uh, it was nice chatting with you about college basketball. Yes, sir. We'll see you guys next time. All right.